the valley of, of lifelessness. And when God breathed life, the dry bones started waking up, started coming to life. And what I wanna get at this morning is that God didn't breathe life into the dry bones so that the dry bones could then fall back down in the place they were and once again cease to have life. The Bible says that God breathed life into the dry bones so that an army would rise up. So that an army would rise up, an army which goes out and battles the enemy, an army which takes down strongholds, an army which declares that they have the victory. God did not blow, breathe into an army, so into the dry bones, so the dry bones could then go to their jobs and do their own thing and make their own money and live their own lives. God breathed into the dry bones so that an army, come on church, let's get this picture, that an army would rise up, that it bring deliverance to the people around them. He breathed life that an army would rise up that would say, no longer am I on my own, no longer do I do my own thing. I have the Holy Spirit in me. Miracles are possible. Breathe life into that which was dead. I'm together on this. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Breathe life. Breathe life. Breathe life. He's here. He wants to breathe on you. Thank you, Jesus. Who made us here? Because all I want is all you are. Jesus, not enough. Thank you, Lord. Unless you come, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we thank you for an army that's arising. We thank you for purpose. We thank you for mission. We thank you that you are our, our commander, that we are on mission with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord your holy name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. So good. So good. You can take a seat. You know, I thank you team. Give these guys a hand. You know, it started off pretty rough without us having any words, but this team just led us right into the presence of God today. Amen. And and I just, and I'm just really honoured to have these guys as part of our church. They're phenomenal. 
Awards. You're awesome. But what I, yeah, Maria, you can keep playing for a little bit. Thank you. But what I, I, I just really felt God saying to us this morning, We need to start changing the way we see ourselves. We need to start changing the way we operate, the way we view our lives, the purpose that we think we carry. Because on a Sunday, on a Sunday, I think that you and I, we can can come to church and we're all like, yeah, we're Christians, we're on mission, we'll praise Jesus and we're excited. Am I right? Come on, you gotta talk back to me this morning. We're, we're a bunch of Christians. We love, to, we love to meet with Jesus to talk back to me this morning. But when, when we come to church, we're all excited about what God's gonna do. And then when we head home, for some reason, our focus shifts ever so slightly. And then I wanna say to you, like, it wasn't actually part of my, mission, my message this morning, but just hearing the song playing and, 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 the, and the, the lyrics, come Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. Like God is trying to raise up people who have, who have lived a dry life, who have lived a life which is void of, of the Holy Spirit, void of His power, void of His mission. Because this is the thing, He raised up the dry bones so that the dry bones would become an army. It doesn't say... He, the dry bones, they, 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 he breathed life into the dry bones and the, and, and the ligaments all came together and, and they became an awesome church. It doesn't say they became an awesome Sunday club. It doesn't say they did a great job at, at, at teaching people. It doesn't say they became this or that. It says they became an army. An army. What do I like about that is this, is that an army has a mission. An army has a purpose. An army has a general with who they operate underneath. An army moves forward. An an army comes against the enemy no matter how strong the enemy is. An army defeats, an army has purpose. And church, I wanna say to you this morning, you've got purpose. You've got purpose. You're on mission. Does your life reflect the mission? that God has called you to live out. Matthew 28, if we can have that Scripture up. Thank you, Kirsty. Matthew 28, these are some of the final words that Jesus ever spoke. Well, the final words He spoke to His disciples while He was with them. And this is what He said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Go out and make disciples. This is your mission. Go out, do what I've asked you to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Someone say, all nations. Baptising them in the Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You know, we, we, we think about the Scripture. Thank you, Maria. You can, you can take a seat. Give Maria a hand. We... We hear this scripture a lot, when, especially if you're kind of like in leadership in a church, this is kind of like one of those scriptures we always go back to. This is what God's asked us to do. And, and what happens a lot of the time when we, when we hear a scripture that is so familiar to us is that it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Um, but, but I believe that in this very, this is, this is, this is, this is what we often refer to as, as the Great Commission. Everyone say the Great Commission. But, but so many of us are taking it as if it's like a great suggestion. 
Like we're not living it out as if it's the Great Commission. Jesus left His disciples behind. Jesus spent three and a half years training them, three and a half years investing into Him. And the final words that He says to them is go into all the world. Go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and make a difference. That is your mission. That is your purpose. That is what you've been called to do. Yet so many of us take these final words of Jesus and rather than stepping into the mission He's called us to as an army, rather than stepping into the mission saying, I'm going to defeat the enemy. I'm going to see our city saved. I'm gonna see our city reached. We pull back out of fear and insecurity. We pull back out of worry and out of our own ambitions. And God is saying, no, no, no. I'm breathing life into the dry bones. I'm breathing life into the dry bones. Why? So that you can be an army that goes out and once again breathes that life into others. You know, I want, I want to be able to look back on my life and say, man, I, I lived a life that was worthy of the call that God placed on me. Come on, God has called you. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. God has called you. And we sit there and we're thinking about, oh, what are we having for lunch? KFC sounds good. It's just down the road to Hunanui. Actually, KFC into Hunan. KFC sounds good. Oh, maybe I'm going to go to the beach. Um, what am I going to do tomorrow? Oh, my kids are just such rascals. Man, I can't believe that that person said that to me. I can't believe I went to church and the greeters didn't even really smile at me. I can't believe that they still haven't sorted out their screen and they still haven't sorted out the projector. I can't believe, and, and God is saying, I have called you and we're just so occupied with minor things. God's like, I've called you, I've got a mission for you. I have died, I've given you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, all authority is in you to go and make disciples. That is what we are called to do, church. Yet so many of us are occupied with the second stuff. We're so occupied with the minority. We're so occupied with, with everything else. And God is saying, I believe, and He said it to me a few times over the last month. He said, but it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. No longer are you going to live a life where you sit there crying like a baby because you've hurt yourself. You're gonna rise up and say, no, 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 I have grown beyond this point. I'm no longer a baby. I'm no longer a child. I'm no longer a boy. I'm running into the things God's got for me. And I believe God is awakening up some dry bones today and He's saying, you're no longer a baby. Here's the thing, here's the thing. We're not gonna win a battle while we're all wearing diapers. Truth? Truth, yet so many of us are still baby Christians in the way we act. And God is saying it's time to grow up. It's time to mature. It's time to step into the things I've called you to do. I'm breathing life into the dry bones. Why? So that you can go and defeat the enemy, so that you can bring life into our city, so you can bring life into our nation. Come on, God has called you. The creator of the universe has called you. The creator of the universe has called you to go on mission with him, I like the word commission because it's two words, like, well, not really two words, but it's two parts, co and mission. Co means united, it means together. Mission means purpose, it means moving forward into stuff. God has joined us. He's called us to go on a mission with Him. He's called us to go on a mission with Him to bring life. And, and I wanna say to you, the moment, I know some of you are fairly new Christians in this place in the last year or two, but the moment you give your life to Jesus, is the moment you stop living your life for you. We like, to, we like to 
pander to people and make them feel good about themselves and go, oh, it's okay if you've got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. But God is saying, no, no, no. The moment that you give your life to Jesus, your life is no longer yours. Your life is no longer yours. Yes, you still might make baby mistakes every now and then, but the purpose is to grow. The purpose is to move forward. The purpose is to leave your childish ways behind you and step into the things of God. And God is saying, come on, I'm calling you to go on mission with me. The moment you give your life to Him, your life mission changes. Before you're a, I'm a Christian, I don't know, I've been a Christian since I was about 12. And before that, I grew up in a Christian home. So I don't really have like a massive testimony or I did this and I did this and I got set free and delivered and now I'm living my life for Jesus. But so I can't, so it's hard to kind of think of what it would look like. But from my imagination, what I'd imagine is that before you meet your life, give your life to Jesus, you'd live for yourself. You live for your family. You live for the people around you. You live for a good time. You live for um, the next paycheck. You live for the next party. You live for the next um, bit of excitement. But the moment you give to your life to Jesus, none of that matters to the degree that it mattered before. Why? Because you've gone on mission with Jesus. My Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. What does that mean? That means we represent Him. So in your workplace, the way you talk, are you representing Jesus? In your school, the way you act, are you representing Jesus? Are you representing Him because He has called you to go on mission with Him? Your life changes. I wanna go through, um, I'm gonna read quite quickly because it's a big scripture, Acts chapter nine. We find a guy and his name is, at that time his name is Saul, everyone say Saul. And, and, and God met him and then changed his name to Paul. And, and I love this scripture. It's not gonna be on that screen, but it's here. It says this, meanwhile, Saul, so Saul's mission was literally to destroy Christianity. I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands if that's your mission, because that'd be very awkward, but I'm hoping there's no way in this room whose mission it is to destroy Christianity. But it says this, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, anyone there who was a Christian, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As we know from, the, um, from history, what they would do is they'd often like set them into like arenas and they'd make these Christians fight each other. They'd then put lions on them. They'd then burn them. It was drastic. It was horrible. They'd crucify them. That was Saul's job. He would go out and find Christians so that they could torture them and turn them away from the way. Saul's job, that was his mission in life. That's what he was focused on. As he neared Damascus on his journey, next slide. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. If we can go to the next slide, please. Is it not working, Kirsty? Oh, the laptop's dying. Anyway, so go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. I'm gonna skip a few verses, go to verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas and ask for a man named Saul, for he is there praying. Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the priests to arrest all of us who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, this man is my chosen instrument to bring, this man is my chosen instrument. So Saul went from being a man whose mission it was to destroy Christianity 
And in a, in a moment, in a day, in a second, his mission shifted from a destroyer of Christianity to someone who was called to build Christianity and to plant churches and to bring life. What I'm trying to say with that is, it doesn't matter how dark your life once was. It doesn't matter how many drugs you've smoked. It doesn't matter how how much alcohol you've consumed. It doesn't matter how much you've slept around. It doesn't matter how many people you've abused. It doesn't matter how many swear words you've said. It doesn't matter how many tattoos you've got. It doesn't matter how many lies you've told. The moment you give your life to Jesus, your mission changes drastically. The moment you surrender your life to Him, everything else is washed away. And God is like, it doesn't matter what your past looks like, your mission, your job, your purpose is to go on mission with me, to go on a joint mutual mission. That's what you're called to. That's what you're called to, yet so many of us live our lives in a way where, yep, we give our life to Jesus and and, and, and we're, a, we're a baby Christian for a while. Actually, I'm gonna ask for four volunteers. Can I have four volunteers very quickly? Front row, come forward. Stand in a row, just, just right here. Aren't these beautiful people? Absolutely lovely, marvellous. Move slightly aside from each other. We're gonna start with Zoe. You give your life to Jesus and, and Zoe represents the baby. Everyone's saying, aw. Oh, she's quite cute, eh? She's quite a cute little baby. Aww. Someone come and pinch her cheek or something, like make her feel like a real baby. No. Zoe, Zoe represents the baby. We, we, we kind of, we come to uh, this knowledge of Jesus and, and the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 that He gives us a new life, we're a new creation, we're a new being. Here is the thing, before that, Zoe had a different mission, a different purpose, but the moment she came to know Jesus, her life became about His mission. His life, her life became about His mission. It didn't matter that she still smells a little, a little bit like the world. It doesn't matter that she's still, she still occasionally, well, very often she does a bit of a mess in her nappy. It doesn't matter that Zoe can't actually walk very well and she has to end up being carried absolutely everywhere. It doesn't matter that Zoe has absolutely no idea how to read the Bible, but she's still in God's kingdom. She's a baby in God's kingdom. Here is the thing, it'd be tragedy if she stayed there. And this is the tragedy. There are so many Christians still wearing diapers. There are so many Christians that God has called to go on mission and you're still pooing your pants. And you're still complaining and you're still stuck in the ways of the world. You've never dealt with your addictions. You've never dealt with your frustrations. You've never dealt with your fears. You've never dealt with your insecurities. And you're still expecting people to carry you everywhere, but you've actually meant to have been matured. You're like a 35 year old baby. That's not attractive. 34 years old, if I turn up here in a nappy, it would be a bit awkward. You don't know if I'm wearing a nappy, actually. So, how do you know? <laughs> doesn't look, oh, thanks, Zoe. <laughs> She's like, it doesn't look like it. But that's how many of us go on our Christian journey. We get saved and we're like, all right, I'll just get carried around for the rest of my life. Five years in, we're still making the same mistakes. Five years in, we're still speaking the same way we did before. Five years in, we're still acting the way we did before. Five years in, we still have no self-control and we're still getting drunk every Friday night. Five years in, we're still swearing. Five years in, we're still living our lives selfishly. A baby cannot be blamed for the mistakes a baby makes. Amen? Right? But if a baby stays a baby until they're 35, ooh, that's just gross. No one wants that. Babies are cute, but they're not cute if they're still babies when they're 35. Everyone agree? 
Everyone agree? Where am I? Babies are cute, but they often fall over. You often struggle. Let's look at Derek now, okay? Everyone say hello, Derek. Derek's grown up a little bit. He's a child now. He's a child. He's a, he's a young boy in the things of the Lord. Uh, he's, he's gone through his baby phase where he made heaps of mistakes and, and he tripped up often and he basically had to get carried everywhere. Now he can kind of walk and he can kind of follow and he can kind of go in a direction, but he still needs direction. I mean, he still needs direction. A young child often still needs to be told what to do occasionally. For instance, maybe he's a young child who just doesn't like to serve. People need to get around him and say, hey, Derek, it's actually really good if you serve. Maybe if you started serving, you would grow again. Maybe another area, maybe in this church, you're, you've been through the baby stage. You're not tripping up anymore. You're not making any stupid mistakes. You're not getting drunk on a Friday. So you think you've progressed and you're like, man, this is me. I've got it all together, but you don't tithe. You're still a child. You haven't yet moved on to the next area. If you're still needing that direction, if you're still needing to be taught the discipline, you're still a child. You're still being given direction. It's fun having kids around most of the time. I don't know if you saw them up here today dancing around. I'm slightly embarrassed because my kids have the weirdest dance moves and they get it from Rachel. <laughs> um, but again, he can't stay here. He can't stay here. It's, it's, it's fun. There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of joy, there's a lot of good music, there's a lot of good times, but he can't stay in that place. He can walk, but he still needs direction and often will struggle with principles that'll grow him. I know, like I tell my kids, uh, Jaden, block your ears. Like I give my kids, like they have chores and if they don't do their chores, they basically don't eat. Um, and then they've got jobs, which we actually pay them for. If they pay, do their job, they get to have money, right? Great, everyone got that? Their jobs are fairly easy and it's fairly quick money. Um, yet what we've realised is that the moment they either earn their money, once they've actually done their job, if they've actually disciplined themselves enough to do their job, they earn their money and the first thing they go and do, especially Jaden, is go and spend 80% of it on lollies. <laughs> you know, it might be funny, Derek, when you're spending all your money on lollies, but at some point, at some point, he's going to have to accept the discipline and accept the direction because how many people know that if Derek keeps spending his money on lollies, he's never gonna own his own home. If Derek keeps spending his money on lollies, he's never going to be able to buy his first car. He needs direction. And so often in our journey, we go through the baby stage and we grow up a little bit and we become the child and there's so many children in the Kingdom of God that never grow beyond this phase. Why? Because they don't allow people to speak into their life anymore. It's like a bunch of 13-year-old, 12-year-olds going, I don't need mum and dad. I'll live life my way, Jaden. don't you dare. I'll live my life my way. And we go through that phase where we think, man, I've got it all together. I'm getting a little bit of muscles, puberty's hit, getting a bit stronger. I'm a man now. But really, they're just kids. They're just kids that need direction. And I think there are kids in the kingdom, there are kids in church that just need a bit of direction. God's saying, go on mission with me. But unless you let people speak into your life, unless you go to those e-groups, unless you pursue those mentoring relationships, unless you listen when people say you should be serving, you should be tithing, you're never gonna grow up to the next phase. You might be fun, but you're ultimately not going to be able to make a difference. Then you grow up and you're a young man and what a strapping young man we have here. Everyone give Mark a hand. Everyone give Mark a hand. The young man represents strength. Mark, maybe you want to put a little pose, a bit of a strong man pose. Oh my gosh, gosh, how can you even control yourself right now, Sarah? The young man, 
represents strength. The young man represents momentum. And, and, and you know, the Bible says, you know, there's a scripture that says, when you, you put your childish ways behind you and, you and you grow up to be a man. So the young man, he's figured out how to live life according to God's guidelines. He's figured out that if he went, he's just put his baby ways behind him, he's no longer throwing his life away with sin. He's, he's moved forward and he's, and he's, and he's learned his disciplines of Christianity. He, he tithes, he gives, he serves. And now he's running hard out for God. He's like in the battle. He's like the one up the front with the spear and the sword, cutting down the enemy. He's destroying that thing and he's got strength and he's got momentum and he's got and he's got and he's striving and he's going places and he's and he's and he's moving forwards into the things that God's got for him. He's helping get the job done. He's left the childish ways behind him. But what often happens is that we never get there. If you're honest with yourself, I think some of you would admit you're still, you're still. You're still tripping like this baby over here. You're still wearing that nappy expecting everyone else to clean up your crap. Everyone else, but when you grow up a little bit, you start to take care of your own crap. You're like, man, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take ownership now. I'm gonna move forward into what God's got for me. But you're still needing to be taught. You're still needing to be disciplined. But the, the whole point is that then you move forward again and you become the one who carries the momentum. I'm telling you right now, you will never grow beyond the level of the capacity that you've allowed yourself to develop in. Oh, I mean, the amount of people I come across that are like, man, I know that God has called me for great things. The amount of people I've come across that are like, man, God's called me to lead a church. God's called me to lead ministries and they just don't tithe. I'm telling you right now, you're never gonna lead that church. You're never going to lead that ministry if you cannot receive direction and step into the things that God's got for you as a child. If you cannot move forward into the things of God, there are so many people with young men type dreams. I'm gonna see Goliath defeated. I'm gonna see Israel raised up. But we haven't allowed ourselves to receive the direction or we're still stuck enjoying the things that a baby enjoys. God's saying, no, 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 strength, momentum, step into that, move forward. And then finally, um, we're going to go with, um, I wanna call you, this is the father slash mother stage. Okay, everyone give Sarah a hand. This is the thing. There is strength. You can do a pose. No strong pose? No, she doesn't need one. She's strong in character. There's strength, there's momentum, there's getting the job done, and there's a willingness to guide the next generation. There's wisdom. Church, and now I want babies because it means that God is changing people's lives. It means that we're seeing people come to know Jesus. I want the babies in our house, 100%. I wanna strap them into the little high chairs, spoon feed them their little foodies. I wanna do all of that stuff, but I don't want them to stay there. Maybe you identify with this season right now. You're still a baby. You've got faith, but it's very much dependent on what other people are doing around you. If you're in church on a Sunday, man, you're worshiping, but if you're out with your mates on a Friday night, it looks a little bit different. You're a baby. What do you need to do to grow up? Who do you need to talk to? Who do you need to come into your life who will be honest with you and tell you what needs to change? Maybe you're a young child. Here you are and you come to church and you carry all the enthusiasm and you're enjoying it and it's, and it's amazing. But when it comes down to the fact that we need someone to take charge of the battle, you're just not quite there yet because there's still areas of your life that you need to be disciplined in and trained in. And it's holding you back. Maybe 
you come to church and like with my kids when I ask them to do their chores, it's just a burden. That's a good sign that you're still a child. I think there's some people that receive that word right now. You come to church and go, oh, I can't believe we have to be here at 6.30 in the morning. I know, it's, it's pretty awful, but imagine how awesome it is that we get to do that for Jesus. Like, I mean, Rachel says I'm always really extreme, but I don't think that Jesus looked at the cross and said, man, this is awesome, how much I love to do this in this moment. No, no, he didn't. He had the joy set before him, yes, but he didn't enjoy that moment, but he did it because he knew what the purpose was. He knew what mission he was on. If you come to church and you complain because you don't wanna give, you don't wanna serve, you're still a child. Is there anything wrong with being a child? No, but there is something wrong with being a child for 30 years. It's time to grow up. Who can speak into your life? Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I know I'm in the young man phase. I know that I've got the momentum. I'm, momentum, I'm running ahead of, I'm, I'm fighting the enemy. What do you do in this phase? It's very, very easy. It's very, very easy to get ahead of yourself, to get cocky and to think that you've got it all together. What you need to do if you're this phase, you're a young man, reach out to a father. Say, so, I mean, I've lived 20 years of my journey now. I know some stuff, I, I've, I've got the disciplines that, it, that I learned as a young child, I've, I've given up my habits that I had as a baby, I'm, I'm a young man now, but I know there is so much more to learn. If you're a young man in this house, don't just direct the children and the babies, make sure you're reaching out to a father or a mother and say, come on, have a coffee with me, speak into my life, teach me, how, how have you managed to, to live for God all of these years? If you're a father or a mother in this house, let me just say that, I, I believe we desperately need you. We desperately need you because there is nothing more powerful than seeing a person that's been a Christian for years and come to church and still be able to praise. There's nothing more powerful than a person who's been a Christian for 50, 60 years coming into church and they've dealt with their struggles. They've had their financial hardships. They've had their relationship breakups. They've had their issues. They've had their struggles and they can still come and praise. Come on, it adds wisdom. We need the fathers, we need the mothers, but what often happens, fathers and mothers, and I'm not just talking about age maturity here, physical maturity, I'm talking about spiritual maturity. What often happens is that people get to a certain point and they see the young man, David, running ahead and defeating the giant. They see the children dancing at the front of church and, 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 and having a great time and being slightly disrespectful. They see the babies still floating around in the world doing their mixed up life of sin and church and everything mixed together. And they look at that and they go, there's nothing there for me. I've reached my use by date. There's no point in my existence anymore. It's all about them. Let me say to you, you, we actually desperately need fathers and mothers in this house. If you're a father, if you're a mother, I want you to look around church this morning. Ask God to identify some people that you can take out for coffee. Why? Because you've got wisdom that these three don't. You've got wisdom that Zoe desperately needs. You've got wisdom that Derek really needs. You've got wisdom that Mark desperately needs. He might think as a young man that he doesn't, but he does. He desperately needs it. So I wanna encourage, thanks guys, give these guys a hand. I wanna encourage you. It's not just a little illustration that helped me pass time in my message. It's actually something I need each one of you to identify within yourself. Where are you? You're on mission with God, right from the baby phase, right through to the father-mother phase. You're on mission with God. Everyone say mission. That doesn't mean you switch it on and off. You're not only on mission at church, you're on mission every single step of the way. 
Every single step, the baby who's still sinning occasionally and mucking up and makes mistakes on mission. The young child on mission, the adult on mission, the, 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 the father, the mother on mission. We're all on mission, church. And what you and I do is a representation or represents or shows the world what the father is like. Come on, it's time for us to grow up. Maybe you're a baby, it's time to move forward. Here's the thing, you either have purpose or you've got excuses. You can't have both. You can't have both. And the distance that you go in the call of God will depend on how well you develop your capacity. If you're satisfied wearing diapers and everyone else taking care of the crap, if you're satisfied with that, you're not gonna grow. You either make progress or you make excuses. Which one are you making today? Saul, he, he was literally causing the kingdom of God harm. God throws him down on the road and has a moment with him and, and speaks to him. He changes his life, but he doesn't just change his life. He changes his entire mission. Come on, you're on mission. You're on mission. There's, what, what, if I were to ask you, what is Jesus' mission here on earth? You would probably be able to tell me. But the thing is this, it's not just Jesus' mission on earth, it's your mission. This is what I love about Jesus. And it's almost a little, bit, a little bit of leadership 101 today. I don't know where this is coming from. But Jesus, Rachel and I were actually talking about this on the way to church. We spend so much time trying to invest into the world, trying to fix the world. We spend so much time thinking, how can we reach the world? How can we make a difference out there? And it seems like a very big, very noble, very far out there kind of thing. And often we dream about things we can do out there, but we end up doing absolutely nothing about it. When we look at the life of Jesus, what did Jesus do? He, he pulled in 12 people into his world. And for three and a half years, all he did was invest into those 12 people. This is what I'm trying to say to you, fathers and mothers, especially. Who are the 12 people that you can invest into for the next three and a half years? Because it's as you invest into the disciples, it's as you invest into the young men, it's as you invest into the children that the next generation gets reached. We can be praying for revival, but if we're not willing to invest into the people that God has placed around us, it's not gonna happen. Come on, it's time to rise up and say, no longer will I make excuses. No longer will I let the world around me dictate what I do. It's time for me to get on mission. It's not about my physical age. It's not about where I'm at. It's about where I am in, at, in God. Like God's saying, every heart, every heart without Christ is a mission field, but every heart with Christ is a missionary. So if you've got Christ in your life this morning, you're a missionary. That's your role, you're on mission. You're on mission. You don't just come to church to sit around in your nappies all day and wait for other people to give you stuff. You don't come to church and enjoy church while the kids' ministry is awesome or while the screen is going well and while the coffee is hot and say, man, that's awesome. Thanks for all of that service, guys. It's great. No, no, no. You come to church so that you've got a place where you can grow, a place where you can move forward, a place where you can step into the things that God has got for you. Church, what is our mission? I love Mark 16 verse 15, who puts it a little bit more simply and says this, just go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So the first thing is this, number one. Everyone say number one. I'm, I'm gonna go through my points very, very quickly. So write them down very, very fast. Number one, go into the world. God says go into, into the world, yet many of us are scared to talk to our own neighbours. You know, go into the world. 
yet many of us try and cluster in a church. God's saying go into the world, yet many of us just try and have just Christian friends. Then to go into the world, that is the mission field. Be in the world, but not of the world. Don't, don't allow the spirit of fear to take over. The second one is this, if you're gonna live on mission, you value others' lives above your own. You value other people's lives above your own. Why? Because it's, it's, it's God, Jesus was all about the other. Jesus valued our life. He came to that, to that cross, we remember at Easter, He came to that cross and, and the Bible says He was so upset that He was sweating drops of blood, but He valued our lives above His own. He valued our lives above His own. Philippians 2 verses three to four, it says this, if I can find it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests. See, this is the definition of what it is to be a child. Like when it comes down to it, if our kids had to choose between whether they got five lollies and their siblings got one or their siblings got five lollies and they got one, they would pick the five lollies just about every single time. Unless I guilted them enough, probably after today's message, they'd give them away. That's what a child does. We go from being a baby who, 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 who lives in our sin and, and finds it hard to differentiate between what is right and wrong to a child who's still kind of selfish and living for themselves. There's a lot of joy there. But God's saying, no, 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 if you're on mission, you value others above yourself. You do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, you value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's why we serve. That's why we tithe. That's why we love people, because we're growing up. We're getting bigger. We're growing up. Number one, go into the world. Number two, value others above self. Number three, keep advancing despite the setbacks. Because this is what I've noticed. You're a baby, it's fairly easy. People carry you around. It's easy. You're a child, it's a lot of fun. Not too much is expected of you. You can kind of do your own thing, can laugh a lot can dance when you feel like it, not dance when you don't feel like it, can lift your hands when you feel like it, not lift your hands when you don't feel like it. Nothing as much as expected. You become an adult and you're like, man, I've got the principles sorted. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm running ahead. I'm pursuing the things of God. And then bam, life throws you a curveball. There's a bit of fire. There's a bit of a storm. And you're like, God, what are you doing? I thought you had my back. I thought that I was like David chasing after Goliath and I was gonna take him down and it was gonna be awesome and now I just lost someone close to me or I just lost a job or for some reason I've got no finances in my bank account and I've been tithing. You know, we've been taught incorrectly that if we give, we get. Rather than give to give and it's not happening and we have these setbacks. You see, Paul, he started planting churches and then he got taken prisoner and he got whipped. Then he hopped on a boat to try and go on mission for God and the boat sunk. 
And then he got taken by these cannibals and, and who were going to eat him. And he came up to the fire and, and as he was like stoking the fire, a snake jumped out and bit him. Paul could have said, God, where are you? I've been tithing. I've been giving. I've been doing all of these things. Where are you? But instead he kept focusing, he kept moving forward. Uh, an adult moves forward despite the circumstances. We can have Isaiah 43 up on the screen. I love this scripture. This is what it says. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. When you are you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Go back to the previous one, right at the bottom. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Next one. When you pass through the rivers, He will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. (laughs) This is us. Oh my gosh, it's a bit of a fire. I'm just gonna sit back. I can't believe the enemy's out to get me. I'm, I'm scared, I'm gonna build a wall. Oh, am I gonna, like God didn't come through for me when I begged him to, I'm just gonna sit here. You know, it doesn't say when you camp in the waters, you will not drown. It doesn't say when you camp in the fire, you will not be burned. It says when you pass through. What does that mean? Even if you're walking ever so slightly, keep moving forward. What does it look like to be on mission? Keep moving forward. God, I don't even know how I'm gonna take the next step, but I'm taking it in faith. God, I don't know where the money's gonna come from, but I'm taking that step in faith. God, I don't know how I can serve even one more day, but I'm taking that step in faith. Keep moving forward. That is the sign of what it looks like to be a young man. David ran up to Goliath. Why was was he able to do that? Because he knew that when he passed through fires, he wouldn't be burned. When he passed through obstacles, it wouldn't affect him. Yet we allow obstacles to frighten us and to keep us small. Come on, it's time to grow up. It's time to move forward. I wanna get to this season of my life where where I'm a father and I'm able to look and and, and in many cases, again, because it's not an age thing, I am a father to several people where I'm able to look and actually give advice and call people into things. Do I need fathers? 100%. But I wanna get to this season. I wanna be in this season of my life, being able to look back at testimonies where I walked through the fire. Do I wanna say, oh my gosh, kids, my life was so awesome. I never faced any struggles. God protected me from every struggle, every storm. I never faced a thing. No, because I'd have weak faith and I'd have nothing to offer them when they're in the fire. I wanna look and go, you know what, kids? I have no idea how I got through that, but I kept going. I kept going. I didn't stop. What does mission look like? Mission looks like going into the world. Mission looks like valuing others above yourself. Mission looks like advancing despite the circumstances. And mission looks like telling your story. Mums and dads, we need to hear your story. We need to hear what God's done in your life. There are people in Nelson that need to hear your story. Maybe you're a baby. People in Nelson that are facing the exact same things that you face need to hear your story. Maybe you're a child. People in our city need to hear your story. Maybe you're a young man or a young woman. People need to hear your story. Maybe you're a father or a mother. People need to hear your story. Why? Because they cannot argue with what God has done in your life. It says, go and preach the good news. What does preach the good news mean? It says, preach the gospel to all creation. What does that mean? It simply means, preach means declare. Everyone say declare. And the gospel means good news. 
We often sit there thinking, oh, only the Barts and the Rachels and the Derricks and the, and the preachers can, and, 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 and they, they're the ones who can get up there and preach the Gospel. No, 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 you can preach the Gospel because all it is is declaring the good news. Every one of you is a preacher. Every one of you is a preacher. Every one of you is called to preach in some way or another to clear the good news. What did God do in your life? What did God do with you when you were facing the fires? How did He get you through? Church, this is the thing. I wanna ask you to stand and ask the creative team to come up. You have not been saved. Here, stand. You've not been saved to live a comfortable life. You've not been saved to live an abundant life, though that's awesome, it's part of knowing Jesus. You haven't been saved to raise a family, though it's a massive privilege. You haven't been saved to make money, though money is necessary. You haven't been saved to simply work a job. You haven't been saved to come to church on a Sunday morning. You haven't even been saved to get baptised. You haven't been saved to tithe, though they're all great things. You have been saved to be sent. You've been saved to be sent out. Paul was Saul. God saved him from his life. Why? So that he could be sent out and plant churches see many, many people come to know Jesus. I believe there are many salvations in your salvation. <laughs> come on church, there are many salvations in your salvation. You thought that when you came to Jesus, it was, it was already phenomenal enough. Oh my gosh, Jesus just saved me from my life. He saved me from my struggles. This is phenomenal, this is fantastic. You thought that that was awesome in and of itself. But I wanna say to you today, there are many salvations in your salvation. There are many people who need to hear your story who will then turn to Him. There'll be many times you don't understand what's happening and many times you don't understand what's going on, but there are so many people that are waiting to hear your story. And this is the struggle though, that if you remain as a baby, if you quit while you're a kid, if you get stuck as an adult, as a young man in the fire, or if you think there's a use by date on you as a father slash mother, the salvations that you've been called to bring to Jesus will stop. And many of us, we're here as a baby and we're like, man, this is, this is great. I get to come to church, it's awesome. I still do my own thing and we stay there. And, and I think that God's looking and going, but I see salvations in you. Don't just stay there. There are salvations in you. It's just like with an orange. Like we don't know, like we can have one orange in our hand, but if every pit was planted, if every pit was planted, we wouldn't know how many other orange trees and how many other oranges there would be. But if we'd ever plant the seed, there's gonna be none. There's gonna be none, just the one. God saved you. But if you never go out and be sent and plant those seeds, it's just gonna be the one. I love the fact, and I've shared this many times, the fact that, that when Caitlin was about six or seven or eight, around that age, she had this dream that she was gonna have a million daughters and we had to actually tell her that that was physically impossible because 
you know, impossible to have a million daughters, but we'd say, look, it is spiritual, spiritually possible. Look, you go out and sow the seeds. If you hold it to yourself, I'm saved, this is great. Grace, thank you, Jesus. I'm mucking up over and over again, but there's grace, yes. The seeds will never get sown. Same as a young child, if you don't move forward, don't go out and sow the seeds. You don't discipline yourself to live a holy life. I think it's 1 Peter 2 says, be holy because I am holy. If you don't discipline yourself to live a holy life that's fruitful and moving forward, it stops. You can have everything, God, just don't ask me for my money. You can have everything, God, just don't ask me for my time. That's a young child mindset. No, 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 give it all. Give it all. Young man, God, I'm gonna defeat the giants. I'm gonna run out there. And I know that the fire will come, the water will come, but I'm gonna keep moving forward. It doesn't matter. Father, mother, come on, desperately call forth the children. Call them forth. One of the things that I love to do every morning when I get out of bed, if the kids are still in bed, because some of them are early risers, I literally love to go and wake them up and, and call them out of their beds and say, hey, I'm making you a mile, I'm making you breakfast. I love it. Call them forth. They need you. They need the testimony that you carry. There is no use by date. Come on, you're on mission from the moment you get reborn till the moment you die and go to heaven. And even then beyond that, you're on mission. You're called, amen, amen. Come on, I'm just gonna pray. And I'm not gonna ask for an altar call type response this morning um, because I want you to identify where you're at. And I want God to speak to you about the next step. Lord, we just thank You right now. We thank You that we get to, to move forward with You. Lord, firstly, we wanna thank You that You've called us to be on mission. And, and I wanna say sorry that so often we get distracted from that mission and we forget that we're actually meant to be either about growing up or raising up, Lord God. I just declare that You would speak to people's hearts, maybe identify some areas where they need to grow up and some other areas where they can help raise up others, Lord God. I just thank You that You've, you've saved us to be sent. You haven't just saved us to live mundane lives that are for ourselves. We thank You today that we get to live for You. We get to move forward in You. Lord Jesus, in Your holy Name, Amen. Amen. I just wanna leave you with this comment, with one quote. If we are not living as sent ones, we're not living as saved ones. If you're not living as sent, if your life isn't mission, then you're not living as the way God's called. You're not living saved. The only way to live saved is to live sent. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Can we just have the words up of that new song, verse two, please, Kirsty. I love these lyrics. What's the start of verse two for her? It says this, as I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness, your glory appears. Maybe you've identified where your every area of weakness is. Allow His glory to appear like the sun in the morning. Come on, our weaknesses is made perfect in His strength. Allow Him to do a work in you today. Thank you, Jesus.